0: Christmas.
1: Mark, I had you read Luke 2 because uh, I thought if uh, Linus could uh, recite it in the Jolly Warm Christmas, it would be good for us to hear it also. If you remember, uh, last week uh, Pastor Isaac uh, spoke from chapter 7 verse 14 that he promised wicked king Ahaz a sign from God. Ahaz didn't want it. So Isaiah said, I'm going to give it to you. Anyway, it's a sign of a great, good king to come. Two chapters later, here Isaiah continues to reveal to us more prophecies about this sign, about this king to come. If you read the book of Isaiah, you'll see Isaiah continues to give much prophecy, uh, about, uh, the Messiah, uh, that is to come, uh, the Messiah, uh, in Hebrew, uh, in Greek, the Christ, uh, the anointed, uh, the prophet, the uh, priest, uh, and king, here, uh, we have a well known, uh, passage, and, uh, Just to break this down, there is the promise in these verses that God is going to send Messiah, the Anointed One, and He will be both God and man. That is what is promised. This God-man we see will be a king and have a government that lasts. And it will last into eternity. Let me suggest that what we have prophesied in the birth of Jesus Christ is one of the great events of history. You know, the evolutionist says 14 billion years ago, there was a Big Bang. Then, 9 billion years, Earth was made. Then, a glob of matter hit the Earth and formed the moon. And 100,000 years ago, mankind showed up. Something like that. Well, I think that's a false narrative. And let me say, here's a great event of history. Think of it. One great event is creation. God made heaven and earth and man. Man fell in the sin. That's another great event. I actually had you read the wrong verse in Genesis 3. Where God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of Satan. The promise of redemption. This is what Isaiah is speaking of. God is going to send the Redeemer into the world. The Incarnation is another great event in the history of the human race and of redemption. Yes, and then we see His death, His resurrection. We look forward To the next event. Of his return. But here. What we celebrate. At Christmas. Is a great event. Where God. Stepped into. The human race. This son. Came. And dwelt. With us. So. In verse 6. The first thing that seemed the promise of a child to be born last week, Pastor Isaac told us that a virgin, not just a young woman or a maiden, but she would be a young woman of childbearing age, but a virgin, and she would conceive and give to the human race a special child. In Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come on you, you will bear a son, this child will be called Holy. Couple of years ago, on 69th Street, one of the Hebrew Israelites got in my face and just mocked us. How can you people be so stupid? No human has ever been born without a woman's egg and a man's sperm. And I said to him, How stupid are you? How did God make me out of the dust and breathe life into him? See, if God could create Adam and Eve, God's spirit could impregnate a virgin. And this is the child Matthew spoke of him. And you will name him Jesus. Because he will save his people. There's two important things. In this verse. One. This is a child. Who's fully human. The scripture says. In the fullness of of God. Mary gave birth to a son. Born under the law. He's 100% human. He has a soul. He has a body. He's like us. That's important because this child will grow to represent us as a prophet, priest and king how can he represent mankind if he's not man but you see Isaiah says the son will be given now he's referring to the fact that this child is the God man The Son is the eternal, co-equal Son of God, the second person of the God. Some people have a hard time seeing the Son in the scriptures. But he's there in several places of the Old Testament. For example, Psalm 2, where God says to the Son, Today I have forgotten, ask of me. I will give you the nations as your inheritance. And he says, worship the Son, give him, give homage, lest he become angry. He's saying, this child, this son, is the king of the earth. So we see what Isaiah is revealing in greater detail of the sign about the virgin bearing the son. What is happening in God's plan? of redemption that God's Son will be born as a human being fully God fully man as man he represents us as man he's tempted in all points of the law yet without sin So, he sympathizes with us in our need. And as God, he represents the just and true Holy God in this dispute of sin. The Son is given. Isn't that what John 3.16 said? For God gave to us His Son as a Redeemer. But John 1 said in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God face to face. And the Word was God. In verse 14, Thy Word the Son would become flesh and dwell among us. Therefore, you can call him Emmanuel, God with us. Aren't you glad today that God, in his plan, asked the Son to come to be a man to represent us? Amen. It's a great act of God's compassion that Jesus was born as this child, the son given, the child born. The next verse, part of the verse, there's names ascribed to this child. Uh, this son. Quickly, uh, I'm going to run through the uh, wonderful uh, counselor, uh, mighty God, everlasting uh, Prince of Peace. Some translations uh, put counselor together uh, with uh, wonderful. The commentators uh, mostly think It's two phrases, two words, wonderful, comma, counselor. Think of this child, this son, how wonderful Jesus Christ is to us, to his people. What a wonderful Savior. Jesus said, and John did. I am the good shepherd. It's not a bad shepherd. He's a good shepherd who cares for his sheep. He's a wonderful display of the Godhead, this Son of God, given to us in human form. Think about today. On Christmas, how wonderful Jesus is. How wonderful He is to you and to His people in every age. The great things He did. Is He wonderful to you today?
0: No.
1: To you express love and devotion to this wonderful person. I hope you do. And then it says he's a counselor. A counselor is somebody who has wisdom, who gives wise wise, uh, advice, who leads you in through times of trouble. Isn't Jesus a counselor to us sinful, wicked people? Don't we need the counsel of God? The mind of Christ? You know, we people are sometimes Very silly. We look for counsel. From other people. From religious leaders. From government officials. And many times. Their counsel. May not be good. Sometimes it might be. But. How often. We should think. I should get counsel from this wonderful King Jesus my Savior so again do you seek the counsel of Christ wisdom is personified in Jesus because He's the word that became flesh. He also is the mighty God. Isn't Jesus mighty? In Luke chapter 8, in Mark 4 and 5, we see the mighty <coughs> works of Jesus on display. In those chapters there's a storm Jesus is asleep in the boat the disciples are afraid Jesus gets up peace be still the sea is calm the storm the wind ceases. mighty Jesus power uh, over nature. Uh, they get out of the boat uh, on the other side uh, of the sea. Uh, A demonic uh, man uh, possessed uh, by thousands uh, of demons. Jesus uh, heals him uh, with the word. Uh, you demons uh, go into the uh, earth of things. Uh, Mighty Jesus uh, power over demons. In the call, They go back. To Galilee. Same chapter. A man meets him. And says Jesus. Come. My little girl. Is dying. Jesus says I'll come. As they're going. To his village. A woman. With chronic bleeding. For years, just touches Jesus. Instantly healed of her bleeding. Instantly made well. Instantly no longer a social outcast, but made whole. Jesus gets to Gyres' in his house. The little girl is dead. The mourners are weeping. Why are you crying? She's not dead, but asleep. They laugh. He throws them out. He goes in the room, takes the girl's gold hand, and says to Lisa Goon. Little girl, sit up. Up she comes, walks around the room. Restored to life. But weak. Thus the parents. Get her some food. Don't tell anybody. About this miracle. So you see. In Mark and Luke. Jesus has power. Over nature. Demons. Disease. And death. But that's not all. In Mark 2. Jesus is preaching in the house. Four guys bring a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They can't get to Jesus. They break through the roof, lower the man down into the room. Jesus looks at the paralyzed man and he says, all your sins are forgiven. People get upset. Why is this carpenter speaking blasphemy? Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knows what they're thinking. Why are you thinking this? Is it easy to say, all your sins are forgiven? Or to say, To the paralyzed man, stand up, pick up your bed, and walk. But that everybody here may know that I, the son of man, have power to forgive sin. Stand up and walk, and the man does. Rolls up his bed, goes on. Nobody has ever had power like Jesus. Why? Because he's the second person of the Godhead, equal to the Father and Spirit in every aspect of divinity. Was not Jesus present at creation with the Father? And the Spirit. John 1, the Word, all things made through Him. Colossians 1, all things made by Him and held together by Him. That's the mighty God. That's Jesus the Christ. Then He says, also called everlasting father. Now this phrase has caused confusion for many years. How can the Son be called everlasting father? Our understanding of the Trinity, it's one God, three distinct persons. Father, Son, Spirit all equal as God so what does Isaiah
0: mean
1: commentators feel that this phrase in Hebrew would be better reversed that this son this child is so to speak the father, the author of everything everlasting and eternal. And he displays a kindness and compassion to his people as a good human father would be to his son or daughter. So think about it. That there's a distinction, Father, Son, Spirit, but Jesus is the one who gives life. We were dead in trespass and trespassed and sinned, but made alive in Christ. Jesus said, I'll give you abundant life. I'll give you everlasting life. It's this son, this child, this Christ who can do what no religious teacher can do. Take us who are dead in sin, make us alive, make us to be part. Of God's kingdom. Now and forever. Is Jesus mighty to you? Do you see him? As the author. And supplier. Of everlasting life. It's not. A little of Jesus. And a little of me. It's not a little of Jesus, and Buddha, or some Hindu god, or some other idol. It's all Jesus. I am the truth, the life, the way. And then he says, this child, this son, is the prince of peace. Again, that's somewhat confusing because Jesus told his disciples. I did not come to bring peace. I came to divide families, fathers to children, children to fathers, brother to brother, nations to nations. Why? Because if you're with Christ you will be persecuted for his sake. If they hated Christ and his world, Jesus says, "I'll hate you too. So, in a way, the person and work of Christ divides people. We probably all know people who have come to Christ And their family rejected them. Their village rejected them. Their group of friends rejected them. Because Christ is unique. The King. The Anointed One. The Sovereign Lord. And people don't like that. But. He is a prince of peace because it's only this person who can give you and me peace with God. In our sinfulness, our natural state, we are under God's wrath. We are by nature enemies, Of God, but through Christ, we're made alive. Our sins are forgiven. We're given a new heart, a new record, a new life, a new master, and a new family. We're no longer our of the kingdom and family of the devil and this world. But we're adopted as children of the true God. And therefore, Jesus Christ brings to us unworthy sinners peace to our souls, to our spirit. Is Jesus a source of peace to you today? Again, He forgives. He gives us righteousness. He gives us a new standing. He makes us a new person. As you reflect on Christmas, yes, a day chosen for some reason but to reflect that this child this son given is wonderful he's not evil he's good for us he loves us he gives us counsel if we'll follow you know, the Holy Spirit wants to display it, work in us, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is not conjure. To God the Father, God, God the Son, the fruit of the Spirit is godliness. The fruit of the Spirit is Christ-like behavior. To be filled by the Spirit. To be made like the Son—that's good counsel. That's what we strive for. Do you see Jesus? How powerful! Let me suggest to you that Jesus has power over sin. Though that cripple man, your sins are forgiven. Though the adulterous one. I forgive you. Sin no more. He has power over sin. He has power to forgive sin. He has power to deliver us from sin and sanctify us. He has power to deliver us from the presence of sin. Do you see that? Mighty Jesus, He not just forgives and leaves us to struggle with temptation. He was tempted, did not sin, so he has power over sin, over the devil. Genesis 3 said, this man, this seed would crush the head of the serpent. Yes, the serpent is a squirming snake in its death throes, but he's crushed, he's defeated. Jesus has power to forgive, to deliver you, to bring you into the presence of God, holy and blameless. On our deaths. Or when he returns. You and I. And all his people. Will be in the presence. Of God. Free from sin. Free. From temptation. And sorrow. For all. Eternity. That's our Jesus. Quickly. This Jesus is a king. The government upon his shoulder, that is, the rightful rule, of the whole world is on Christ, not the devil, not the Democratic Party, or the Republican Party, or some other human leader, but it's on this Christ his government will increase we don't see that completely right now but one day it would be truly manifest but every time we pray Thy like kingdom come. Which we've been studying. We're praying. The kingdom of sin. And of Satan. Be destroyed. And there be increase. To the kingdom. Of Christ. That you. And Gentile. Be converted. And every time. A man. A woman. A teenager. A child comes to faith in Christ. It's a new person. The kingdom of Christ has increased. We sometimes doubt this. It looks hopeless. But brothers and sisters, the kingdom of Christ is expanding every day worldwide. By hundreds of thousands of people, not necessarily in America, but in other parts of the world. Praise God for King Jesus and His kingdom. It is increasing. And He says, There will be no end to his kingdom. Why? Because there's no end to the resurrected and glorified Christ. Death cannot touch you. Satan has no power over him. Wicked men cannot defeat him. He reminds the reader that this son. This child is the one who will sit on the throne of David. Many prophecies in the Old Testament said Messiah would be in the line of David. But we know David died. So, who is this? Well, it's this son of God <coughs> born of the tribe of David. That's why Joseph and Mary went to the register in Bethlehem. They didn't just say, well, of a lot of my uh, senses slipped and mailed it They had to go because Joseph was the line of David and this child born in a poor humble circumstances laid in the manger. This child is the king in the line of David. Someone then says, the Lord Yahweh said to my Lord, Adonai, sit on the throne by my right hand. I will make all my enemies on the earth to be your footstool. That's what Isaiah is talking about. He will establish order when Christ rules. There's order. Don't you see that? in your life yes. as you submit to Jesus it's better as groups submit as the church submits there's order his kingdom is increasing there's less chaos because Christ is a good wise, orderly, king. And he will one day execute judgment and justice when he returns. Sin will be punished. Wickedness will be dealt with. Satan and his minions cast into the lake of fire. That's the power of King Jesus. And Isaiah reminds us this will occur from this time forward. Forever. There's never going to be a day where some other person or some demonic Force, yeah. something from the universe
0: yeah.
1: stands up and says, I can beat Jesus. Yeah. Jesus yeah. is King forever and ever. Again, yeah. we don't see it all manifest, yeah. but one day, yeah. soon,
0: yeah.
1: Lord Jesus, come quickly, yeah. we will see. Don't doubt that. Believe it. The world is our. But. Even. In persecution. Christ. Is for you. And with you. And he's given us. His word. And his spirit. And his kingdom. Is sure. And steady. And does this Happened the last phrase, it's by the zeal of God. It was God who had zeal to save his people from their sin. It was God's plan. God executed it. God accomplished it through Christ. God applies it through his spirit. See, God, our God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit, he's not uncaring or indifferent to our need. He knew our need. We needed a Savior, a mediator who could represent God as a holy Child born without sin lives a sinless life he's holy but he can represent us human beings and it was God who desired that with a great zeal so he planned redemption but it cost the son of God to come and live as a man, to be tempted, and to die, to suffer a painful death. But that was Friday. Praise God. Sunday came, and Christ is the conqueror, the victor, and this is glory. And it's all because this is what God wanted. This is what God will sell us for. Couple action points. Think on this person, this Messiah, Christ. You know, lots of people like the Christmas story. Oh, what a cute little baby but he didn't stand a baby. All kings are born and grow in the leadership. This child To him uh, on a day by day Again, uh, it's not a mere man, he's uh, the king of uh, the world. Uh, when the wise men came, Herod was upset because they said, Where's the birthplace?
0: Uh,
1: where's this king? Uh, and Herod uh, knew, My kingdom in trouble. I better get rid of all the boys. Because, yes, he's a weak, helpless child. He becomes a daughter, a child, a teenager. But, by age 30, he's ministering preaching, doing signs, and he goes to the cross. And this person, again, is he wonderful to you? Or have you lost your first love? Are you not really caring is your heart cold to Jesus? The signs of of a cold heart. I want to stay in sin. I don't want to read the word. I don't want to come worship. not drift let's come back to Christ Revelation 3.20 Jesus said I stand at the door and knock he's speaking to a Christian church if you open the door my child my brother and sister I'll come in and have dinner with you I'll come in and fellowship with you. That's what Jesus wants. I hope today that's what you want. You want this only Savior. Buddha can't do it. Uh, Muhammad can't do it. Uh, Joseph Smith, uh, Charles Russell, uh, Confucius can't do it. The child or The son given. Yes. The only redeemer. Given by God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. For Christmas, we remember the birth of Christ, the king, the prophet, the Lord the priest. May we look to Christ trust Christ and not lean on our own understanding or the counsel